Resolutions is this kind of a time. I don't think we've done it this year. We, there's no sense making promises that we can't keep. But it's, it's somewhere around that December 31st that we kind of survey and make plans for the future. And uh, we talk about things to come. And we're so excited about the things to come. And even though that there's a lot of laughter, and, but there's also a lot of deep regrets on the previous year. We have them both. Commitments that we made to ourselves that we didn't keep. Someone said, I lost 250 pounds this year. It's that same 10 pounds I've lost 25 times, and you know. Promises that we made to others that was left unfulfilled. And disappointed in our lack of spiritual progress. So on one side, as we survey and we close out the end of the chapter of 2020, we're glad it's gone. We hope some things. We pray for some things. We said we'd do some things. And even as the disciples says, Lord, they'll, they'll all forsake you, but not me. And Jesus said, you're just wasting good oxygen. You'll be the first to deny me. And you know, we don't forget things like that. So this morning, Paul gives us two options on how to deal with this stuff. If, if, you, have made, if you have made commitments and, uh, that <clears throat> to ourselves that, that we're going to be better, we're going to do better, we're going to be more attentive, blah, blah, and you just failed last year, we're all in it together. <clears throat> if you made promises to other people, said, I'm going to do this, and you just, you really didn't intend it, but you just never got around to it. Or number three, if you really, in 2020, at the beginning of the year, you said, this will be my year of greatness, and I'm going to serve God, and my Bible study will be greater. And man, we just, because of the COVID, we just didn't live up to any of that. And if we're not careful, we just carry this, we're dragging stuff along. So Paul gives us a description or gives us two options on how to deal with disappointments and lack of things we brought. And number one, that we can, we can either be stuck by these things or we can stretch beyond these things. So in, in the things that we did not accomplish and the things that was not said and the things that we forgot to do and, and could not do, we have two options biblically. We have the opportunity of going forward. But number one, you can have the option of, of you can be stuck by these things or you can stretch past these things. Now, we know this through the scriptures of Philippians that we've been dealing with. It's Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, and this is what it says. Brethren, I counted on myself to apprehend it, but this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching towards the things that are before me. Please leave that there. The word reaching is the same Greek word for stretching. Is a straight, the NIV calls it straining. It's effort. Did you know that whatever you're going to accomplish in God, watch this, it's going to take some effort on your part? Amen. That's shocking, isn't it? That's shocking to some of you. I was telling somebody before church, I was raised in a church that, that, that you could just live like hell and be defeated and be down, and you come to the church with the gas station, and boy, if that preacher didn't pump you up, he wasn't doing his job. That is nowhere near biblical. It's effort on your part. Some lady one time years ago got offended because she said, I want you to pray for me. And I said, well, this is the deal. Have you prayed first? James said, if you're sick, then let, you, let them pray for themselves. And then if you don't get any results, then call for the elders. I said, have you prayed for yourself? She said, well, all the nerve. We won't be back. And she was true to that promise. But I just asked her, have you prayed for yourself? Well, the thing about it is the Apostle Paul said this. He said that we have two options. Either we can be stuck by things that happened to us in the past, or we can stretch and reach and strain and get beyond those things. Because one thing about it, we cannot undo the past. 
You cannot unring the bell. You cannot unscramble the egg. And what has happened in the past, it's happened. Quit wasting your time. Isn't it amazing? On Acts chapter 1, and Jesus ascended, and, 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 and when the angels caught him up and he's going to the clouds of glory, they're just standing, and they said they were gazing. And, and, and the angel said, what are you guys doing? You're constantly looking at the past. You have a future to fulfill. Get your eyes of where he has been and get your eyes where he's about to be. We find ourselves in church. Oh, yeah, I remember back in 1923. God, I understand that. I appreciate But what have you been doing with yourself since 1923? So we can be stuck by these things. People's hurt our feelings. People said some things. People cut us off in the parking lot. And we can name a thousand things. But are you stuck by them or are you stretching beyond those things? You have two options. And that's it. So the word forgetting in the Greek is, is it's two words, epilophano. And basically it means that when you put them, epi is alongside two or from one thing to another. And lithano means something that is obsolete, something that is useless, something that has no value to your life anymore. The expiration date is over. <clears throat> is anybody here, I mean, are you a fan of Chinese food, anybody? And, and you eat that mess, I mean, you eat that stuff, and the fortune cookie says that at least it had feathers, and you wonder what was in the thing. But I will tell you from experience, it's one thing to have fresh, hot Chinese food at the restaurant versus that thing sitting in the icebox for four days. Yeah, that's, that's right up there with clabber milk and cottage cheese and boiled okra and Johnson grass. It's all baby's burp. It's all there together. I will tell you that there are certain things that at the moment that it may be helpful and, and profitable to you, but there's an expiration date on all of it. Things that's happened to you has an expiration date, and you'd be smart not to go back to it. That's why they put an expiration date on a gallon of milk. Trust me. Ask me how I know. I just know. <laughs> Bust in the door and Got that much of milk, turn that baby up, and I realized it turned to clabber. And ever since that day when I was 17 and I did that, I always look at the expiration date. People in your lives has expiration date. Don't get upset. Your friends that are good old vitamin D, the, the, the fruit of the cow, is beneficial and profitable for you, but I, once again... Even people that you have friendship with, if you're not careful, that they, they, they choose to live a certain lifestyle and you choose to live a lifestyle following God. And I'll tell you, God will stamp an expiration date on their life. And you will better yourself by taking heed to what God says. You can still be friends. But you find out as they go one way and you go on the other, they just don't taste the same. It's, it used to be sweet and kind, but now then it's, it's clabbered and sour. So the idea of this, the Apostle Paul tells us that forgetting these things, epilithano, it means that these things has, so the word epi means turn your attention to somewhere else. The word epi means to change your focus on something that is important to you. Lithano means, lithano means it's a negative, it means something that has expired. It means this, forgetting or quit focusing on things in your life that's over 
obsolete, out of date, unwanted, unnecessary, and unneeded, and it's not fruitful for your life. And the word forgetting, for some of you that are good Bible students, this is not a suggestion, this is a command. God said, I'm not asking you to, I'm telling you, quit looking in the rearview mirror. You've heard me say this, but on the windshield of your car, it is six foot by two foot. And on that windshield, there's a rearview mirror that's six inches by two inches. And according to the dimensions of that thing, where should our focus be? Forward, not backwards. I know people in this church that spent their whole life looking reverse. Well, this happened to me and this happened. You're, 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 look, you're looking through the wrong windshield. So sure, things have happened to us, but should we, our focus be on things that are going forward? And the answer is yes. So he said, forgetting these things, forgetting these things, there's no value to you. There's not one value. There's not one thing spiritually. He said, and Jesus kind of talked about that. He said, you can't add one inch to your height by worrying about it. Oh, I wish I was taller. Well, you know, you're not. <laughs> so just get over it. Get your bar stool. I mean, do it like I do. Tell Jerry Landrum to get it. He can reach anything. And just, so he said, these things are not, they're not helping you. Things have happened to you, but they're not helping you. Forget about it. Change your focus onto something else. Forget it. Don't turn back. So he tells us in this scripture, forgetting those things that are behind me, but I'm stretching part, I'm stretching towards something. Now I ask the question, what was Paul telling us to forget about? And the scripture says, those things that are behind us. This is pretty important. You know, let's start the year out right. Don't go to sleep during church. He's telling you to turn your focus off something that you used to focus on. Now then, I want you to turn it towards something else. So what things is behind us? What things that he tell us to forget about it? And it's the things that are behind us. Okay? So that's pretty simple. So now then, in this behind us, is, um, it has the framework, so has the framework of something that is useless in our lives. It's kind of like the word lethano because he uses them back to back. It should never, it should be abandoned. It should be buried never to be reviewed or revisited. How much you Did you know that it's illegal to go to the cemetery and dig up dead bodies? It really is. Please don't do that. And Jesus says, through the word of the Psalms, he said, as far as the east is from the west, your sins have been buried. And it's illegal for you to go dig them back up whether it be against someone else or especially yourself. Because once you ask forgiveness about it and he forgives you, then he says it's none of your business. It's illegal for you to exhume the thing that I have buried. So he's telling you to forget these things in our life that are useless, that have no value, they're non-productive. They won't help you grow spiritually. And matter of fact, the demands is not only I want you to get rid of those things and bury them out of sight, 
but you should never review them or revisit them again. Anybody remember what happens to Lot's wife? She was a ball of fire during the day and a pillar of salt at night, something like that. I don't know. Okay, so here's the Bible question. What process was taken in order for her to be turned into a pillar of salt? And the answer is what? She looked back. I told somebody the other day, Moses, good old Moses, his, his life was, was, was in compartments of 40 years. The first 40 years was in the palace. He had everything great. He was the stepson to, to Pharaoh, Ramsey. He, he had everything. But when God got ready to, to use him, he had to take him out of there. And it took 40 years to get Egypt out of him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what, when you go from living in the palace and, and, and eating like kings, and now then you're following a bunch of sheep or you're, you're, you're a nomad in the Midian desert, it, it has to be replayed in your mind. Man, I had it good at one time. I mean, I, I'm, I'm eating June bugs, and I used to eat T-Bow steaks. We all, we all kind of get caught up into that rearview mirror suddenly like, man, I remember when things were like this, and when, since God called me now, then I'm living like this. And God said, you know what I'm doing to you? I, it took Moses 40 years. It took God 40 years to get Egypt out of Moses. So what happens is by the time that, that second 40 years, Moses had not turned his back, back towards Egypt, but he kept pursuing God to the fact was when God got ready to use him without hesitation, he went back and was obedient. God's telling you this. Whatever's happened in the past, whatever happened in 2020, unkind words, unkind gestures, whatever it is, it's past, it was said, it happened. There's nothing you can do about it to change it. All you can do is ask for forgiveness about it, ask God to forgive you, and ask that person to forgive you, and that's it. But why do you keep dragging it up? And, and, and why do you allow these things to keep sticking you in, in, in the sands of, of doubt and unbelief and disruption? Don't do it. Paul's telling you don't do it. Now, it's a funny word, but some of you know this. It's in Matthew 16, verse 23. Watch this, this word behind but he turned, this was dealing with the crucifixion. So here's Mr. Smarty Pants Peter. So Jesus is now to, he's trying to, like an onion, un, un, unpeel some layers. But they're all dumber than a sack of hammers. They are. And they've seen Jesus do so many miracles, and, and they go, oh yeah, we're going to buy a bus, and we're going to buy some camels, and, and we're going we're to go on the road. And he said, you don't understand. Here's my destiny. Oh, yes, we're ready for it. I hope we're a part of it. And he said, oh, you are, but never mind that. He said, I'm going to go to the cross and I'll be turned over to the hands of men and they'll, and, and they'll destroy me. But They'll destroy the temple, but I'll raise it back in three days. And Peter said this, oh, no, oh, no, that's never going to happen to you. We'll never let that happen to you. And he was saying out of a good, a good intention, but really, he was, he was trying to detour the plan of God in Jesus' life. So Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Now, Peter wasn't Satan. But Satan was speaking through Peter. Notice what he says? Get behind me, 
Satan. Same word. Obviously, what you're speaking is just trash that's in my way for my future. It may sound good to you at the moment, but really what it is, your words are creating obstacles for my future. And I want you to know, not only has Satan spoken through men and women in years gone by, but Satan is speaking through men and women today in the church to the people that has the call of God in their life. And they may be just saying something. They don't really know what they're saying. But what it is, it is disrupting your future. So at the moment, Peter just thought he was the hero. I mean, he just thought, oh, man, I'm going to say something that will shock everybody. They'll think I'm great. And this is what Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Watch this. He said, the words that Satan is speaking through you is a disruption and a distraction and is trying to deter what God has for me to accomplish in my life. These things that have happened to us, been said about us, the insinuations against us this past year, watch this. Most of it has been satanly imposed. Words of hate, words of ridiculing, words of sarcasm. These things have been said by an individual that we go to church with but if we're not careful that the motive behind it is satanic. And the reason why that is said, watch this, is because Satan is not necessarily afraid of you. He's just afraid of God in you. And, and hell itself knows what happens when someone, a man or woman, takes God at his word throws everything to the side and says, I will follow you regardless of what comes my way. I will trust you regardless of what is brought against me. And I want you to know, if we're not careful, Satan will still use things by people that are thrown in our pathway to prevent us from making steps forward. Stuff like, you get free from a new addiction. Let's say that you're addicted to eating cottage cheese, and so that's a, that's a sin. And, <laughs> and you know how good brothers and sisters do in the church. Of course, I'll say, oh, yeah, I knew somebody that was free from, from cottage cheese, but you know what? We prayed over them, anointed them with the oil, and they were there. But you know what? 15 days later, we caught them in the back of Walmart with a spoon in the cottage cheese section, just back their head all over their mouth. <laughs> you know what they're doing? They're telling you you can't do it. Mark, they're telling you, you can't overcome it. They're telling you because you got more tattoos on your body than most men, 30 men got on their arms. And they judge you for that. But I happen to know your heart. And I'm telling you what, greater is he that's in you than he that's coming against you. And people say things because it's demonically and satanically spoken 
by through their words, and all they're trying to do is lay obstacles in front of you. And this is what Jesus said. Hey, I appreciate the information, but all you're doing is just trashing my path. Get behind me, because what you're saying has no use in my life. And whatever been said and whatever been done and whatever happened to you, it's no use to you. Bury it. Burn it. Throw it away. And don't revisit it and don't review it. Because all it will do is cause you problems. And the next time somebody wants to give you some spiritual advice, say, you know what, I appreciate your help, but I was better off without you, so God bless you. So, we're going to quit. Can, can, can we go back to the scripture? Now, this is, this is the kicker to this. I had some other things I'm going to talk to you next week. But brethren, Adelphus means from the woman's uterus, Adelphus. It, it means we're, we're born of the same womb. That's what Adelphus means, you know. So he said, brother, we're, we're born from the Spirit of God. I mean, we're not just religious people. We're born again. And the hardest thing for me to try to do is talk to people that are not born again, but I'm doing my very best. But for you that are born again, you get it. I may not get my English words right, but you get it. We talk about talking in tongues. I mean, they heard, they heard word for word. They didn't need anybody to interpret for them. They heard a translation word for word, Acts chapter 2. But I count on myself to apprehend it. But watch this. This one thing that I do, I forgot those things that are behind me. It doesn't say forgot. It says forgetting. So, Miss Smarty Pants Donna Edge is an English major. And I was going to call you last night, but I wasn't, really wasn't feeling good. But she knows this more than anybody about language and English. Is the word forgot versus forgetting. Now, Donna will fill you in. She'll clear up the mud for you. The word forgot means to lose remembrance of something at once. But forgetting is an active verb. And it means the mental ongoing act over time that something is forgotten. He does not say, my, my wife is a, is, is a good speller and she's good in, in English and language. And Donna, I didn't mean that bad. I just know you're smart in that area. But he didn't say that this one thing that I do, I have forgotten everything bad has happened to me. Kind of like, where's my keys? Where's my wallet? Where'd I park the car? He doesn't tell you by the grace of God, I, I, I saw Jesus and, and of all the bad things that I did to people and people did to me and, and all these things. He said, but when I got born again, I forgot it was erased out of my memory and it never has come back into the front part of my brain. Thanks be unto God. He doesn't tell you that. He's telling you the unkind words that were spoken against you and over you and to you. You haven't forgotten. The Apostle Paul said, this one thing that I do, 
I refuse to be stuck in these things. And I choose to stretch beyond these things. And this is how I do it. The things that's happened to me in the past, it's not profitable. It's no good to me. It's only hurtful and damaging. And I've learned to forget them. No, sir. I'm forgetting. It's an active verb. It's ongoing. Anybody here over 50? <laughs> Good Lord. I know you don't forget how to ride a bike, but there's other skills involved in that. But, but my grandkids, Jeremy's kids will come home with third grade math and say, Papa, can you help me with this? And I said, uh, your grandmother can help you with that. Isn't it amazing that when you don't use something, you forget it? Don't ever buy combinations to a gun safe and don't open it for a year. <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> Cutting torches and drills and dynamite. We finally got it open. What I'm telling you, oh, it's not the things that's happened to you. You forgot it. You hadn't forgot it. He said it's going to take a process of forgetting. And the more you, you move towards the area of God and the more you know about the love of God and the more you learn to love one another, embrace one another, it, it, it still gets further in the back of your mind until almost you forgot about it. And somebody says, hey, you remember the time when you did that? You know, I forgot all about that. Remember that time that they chewed you out in the parking lot? You know what? My goodness, there's so many good things that's happened to me since then. I forgot all about that. And thanks to you, you brought it up. But besides that, Paul said, I... It's an ongoing process in my life that I choose to forget them. And we're all learning that lesson. But I will tell you, I don't want to be stuck in these things. I want to stretch beyond these things. And all these things, all they want to do is just drag me and hold me back you know what? Over time, and little by little, the unkind words have lost their sting, has lost their grip. At the moment you thought the world was going to end and you figured out over time, it's not that big a deal anymore. Agree? Yeah. So have I completely forgot about things that happened to me last year? No. Have you completely forgot about somebody saying something to you and you really want to say, get behind me, Satan? No. But this is the deal. The more you continue to follow God, the more you begin to trust Him. These things are not really forgotten. They're just pushed into the back of your memory until one day, as God says, I don't even remember your sin. And we're so quick to remind God we come to church and say, oh God, I, I'm not worthy of anything. He said, you know, you're just figuring that out. He said, I'm not worthy. You remember that time, God, that I went to Maggie's warehouse, and I mean the library? You remember that time I went to her, God? And, and God said, I, I don't even remember that. I, I buried that. Why are you remembering it? The argument that you had with your spouse last night or yesterday or this weekend, I mean, we really showed our colors, but, but in our heart we repented. It's, it's over. It's gone. Don't let that thing drag you down this year. Better days are ahead for the people of God. 
So this is how simple it is. It's as simple as ABC. ABC, NBC. Always be curious and never be content. I'll always be curious of what God has for me and I'll never be content of what I have right now when I'm pursuing God. You know how silly this would be? We got to go. We've been talking about following God. And this is how silly. You're, you're pursuing a deer. And, 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 and you see a big old track. And what you do is you, 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 you see that deer track. And what you do, you just take a shovel. And, and, and you take that shovel. And, and, and you put it in a box. And you run home and say, look at here, deer. Look at what I found. You're satisfied with the trackage. But you should never be satisfied with the trackage. You should always be content when you find what you're after. Some of you have gotten content here. Some of you got traction signs and goosebumps. And you think, oh, this is great. Listen, it's great, but it's, it's not what we're after. We're after the fullness of the kingdom of God in us. Where His glory radiates and permeates through our lives. Where there's joy unspeakable and there's peace beyond measure. And once we get to His presence, we'll find that no matter what situation that we're in. So let's, let's always be curious what God has for us. But let's never be content where we're at. Let's pursue God. Amen? Father, this morning, thank you for just simple words that will help us. Things have happened to us in 2020. Things have happened to us 10 years ago that we still drag them around. We still carry them around. We, we send somehow in a sadistic way that we have a trophy case and we put these words and people in it and all it's doing is poisoning us. These things have reached its expiration date. They're no good to us. One second ago is the past. I can't get it back. So there's no sense us worrying and rehashing over things that we cannot change. We can't change the past, but we can change our future. And we do so by trusting you and loving you and submitting our lives to you. Jesus Christ, you're Lord of our life. You're my Savior. You're my Counselor. You're my guide. You're my compass when I'm lost. And I pray this morning that as we continue to pursue you, that we will unpack our back package that is weighting us and dragging us down of things that has no use in our spiritual journey. And we'll follow you with passion. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe that this morning, give the Lord a praise offering if you would, please. Huh? Hey, I'm glad you're here this morning. Stand with me if you would. Turn to about two people and say, hey, I'm a better person because of you. Tell them that. Absolutely. Communion service, come. Man, what an opportunity to celebrate Holy Communion. I was reading last night that Noah on the ark, the Bible says in the first day, in the first month, in the first year, 
the waters receded and Noah went on dry ground. Maybe that's what God has for us. Maybe the, the storms. He was in the boat over a year, about a year and 17 days, but maybe that's what God is doing. It's the first day, the first of the year, God will receive the waters and life will go back to some type of normalcy. But no matter what we go through, you have to be honest and say this, but God has always been with you. And God is the one who's protected you. That night, just a few hours before the, the sun would rise and the crucifixion will begin, he sat with his disciples and he took the bread and the cup and he said, for 1,500 years, you've been celebrating this ordinances of the unleavened bread. The leaven which represents sin. But he said, now then this, this bread will take on a new meaning. He said, I am the bread of life. He that knew no sin. Jesus said, I am the sin offering now. And as often as you take this bread, something magically will happen. It will remind you of me. And he took the cup and he said, this cup, this is an ordinance that you've been celebrating for 1,500 years. It's the lamb's blood that was shed. And that lamb's blood was taken and placed in the sign of a cross over the doorpost. And the death angel of the Abaddon could not come into the house, but it would pass over that household. But he said, now then, this cup represents my blood the New Testament Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world that will be shed for you. And it will be shed, and it will be shed in the, in the place of a cross. And as often as you take this cup, it will remind you of me. Father, I say this every Sunday, but whatever it takes, we just need to be reminded of you. We need to get our eyes off COVID. We need to get our eyes off the economy. We need to get our eyes off unkind people with their unkind words. We need to forget those things and get them behind us. And don't allow to be stuck in those things, but we're going to stretch forth until we reach the prize of the high calling of Christ. Help us this morning. Remember you in Jesus' name. Amen.